So the story of aging is a complicated one because uh, just the thought of it, just this, this movement towards death and our, our facing our mortality can be a scary concept to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many um, conditions that have been put on aging and fear around it as well. So I think it's so important to unravel what some of those beliefs are around aging and also face that fear that this is something that's inevitable, that we are going to grow old and you know this body isn't permanent, but the quality of life that we have during that time is actually in our control. Yeah, and facing that realization sometimes comes because of an illness or because there's someone close to you that's passed or is you know, suffering with a chronic condition that looks like, you know, the end is near. Uh, that's a reality we're all going to face. And some, some of us are going through that right now. Some of us uh, just are foreseeing that as, you know, our parents get older. But uh, it's an important one. And so, you know, not to just sit and linger in the discomfort of it, but being proactive, uh, reading the signs of, of the aging process, what is uh, truly, you know, a result of aging and what can we change and what can we adapt uh, within this physical vehicle while we're here so that we can age and have a, a really healthy health span yeah. right especially in like the North American culture I don't think we've given we've been given this um, ideal of what aging could look like yeah. and how we could thrive when we are older but instead we're given this story that the body's going to break down and you're going to be put into a home and you have to retire and not have any purpose anymore so it's a really scary thought to know that you're going to show up in that stage with that type of body in mind mm -hmm. and when we're not shown the other side if we look at different cultures like the blue zones around the world and see people in their 90s well into a hundred thriving mm -hmm. in their bodies and minds, I think it's important to bring this conversation up so that we do understand that there's a variety of ways that we can show up in that stage in life. Yeah, okay, so let's dive in. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. So I was at the grocery store yesterday, I didn't tell you this yet, but I uh, ran into a friend that I haven't, I've seen here and there, but I haven't really connected with him properly since high school, or sorry, uh, college. And he was telling, uh, I didn't notice at the time, but his, his right eye was super bloodshot. It just you know, looked like he got maybe punched in the eye or something. Um, and he actually brought up, he said, don't mind my eye, I just got uh, retinal detachment surgery. And I said, what? Um, and, he, and he said, yeah, when I talked to the doctor, the doctor was like, well, you're 40 now. So that's, that's what happens when you're 40, is retinal detachment. And it looked excruciatingly, excruciatingly painful and uh, a lot of discomfort. And obviously it was a visual thing. But um, I remember that happening to my, my grandfather when he was like in his early 90s, mm. you know. And so 
it's just so interesting like how quickly that conversation comes up oh it's because i'm 40 now and that's just what happens to 40 year olds right so you know what do you think about that when you hear stories like that yeah well i remember reflecting on that a lot when we turned 40 mm-hmm. and just remembering when i was younger and going to people's birthday parties at 40 and the decorations saying over the hill and right. they were all black and like just this like doom of like this is the end mm-hmm. and i remember when we turned 40 i was like this doesn't feel that way and why should it feel that way when you know like 50% of my life is going to be in this stage. Yeah. Why am I already going to think that we're going downhill when, you know, there's so much, there's such a gift in this stage of our life because we, I find you know yourself more, the choices you're making are different. Um, there's more freedom in some ways too of like not really, you know, I call 40s your FU 40s. Like you, don't, you stop kind of caring about what other people think, hopefully, so that you can really truly live um from that space of yeah for yourself and so when i hear things like that i remember going to the optometrist and mm. it was the same conversation so yes i wear glasses now because i have some stigmatism in my right eye from writing my book mm-hmm. and staring at the computer over and over again for hours and hours and she i remember saying that you know your eyesight's totally fine but you'll probably be back here in two years for, for reading glasses and in my mind i'm like why Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand things shift and change, but why aren't, why aren't you telling me, hey, so that you're not here in two years, take vitamin A, take your fish or, or your healthy oils, like do these things mm-hmm. so that you can prolong that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just collectively we buy into it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so pervasive. I know we've kind of talked a little bit about this in past podcasts, but I mean, hearing stories like this that hit home because you're, you're seeing your friends go through it, you're seeing people that you know, you're, we're seeing patients, obviously, buy into this idea. And, and there's, a, there's a reality to time on this planet, absolutely. Like, the longer we're on this planet, the more inflammation, you know, that's going to present itself to us, the more nutrient depleted we're going to become, the more toxicity that's out there, the more wear and tear in our bodies, the more sleepless nights, like there, there are a lot of challenges that, that, that face, you know, time on this planet. And there's an incredible, you know, amount of tools uh, and, and new tools that are constantly coming out that, that can help us to adapt more, more effectively, right? Yeah, I think it's all in like redefining what aging is, just like we talked about in the other episode, redefining success, like how mm-hmm. do we redefine what this aging process can look like and what it looks like for us as an individual rather than even looking at our parents or the generation before them because our lifestyles are different Uh, what we have available to us now is different the knowledge we have is so different so we can take advantage of all those things that they probably couldn't you know for both of us like we have I mean your dad's immigrant from Denmark like my parents are immigrants so their whole thing was like how do we survive here in this new country to make enough money to support our kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't look outside for longevity and all these things. They were just living day to day. And we, I think, is such a privilege that we get to think more than that. Like, we're, we're not, we don't have to stay stuck in that survival. Yeah, definitely. Day-to-day. Yeah. And I think part of it, you know, like, I'm glad you brought that up r- around defining success because we're, we're not, you know, subconsciously, you know, as a reality of living day to day, we're not necessarily defining how we want to move into our, you know, 
second half of our life, mm-hmm. right? As you mentioned, like that's a huge amount of time. Yeah, when you think about <laughs> it, it's a huge amount of time, but I don't think we think about it that way. No, no, yeah. we just think about, okay, getting to the pension if that's what your you know job allows and then it's just retirement and then you're yeah. gonna travel in retirement and it's gonna be super relaxed, you'll play with your grandkids. But how many stories do we hear where people are like, that's like sometimes the worst time in their life because yeah. they're in and out of hospital, they're constantly feeling sick, they're broken down, like they're, they haven't nurtured and taken care of their bodies in these years, like this is in their in their thirties to forties, I think is a prime time to set yourself up for success. It doesn't mean you can't do it later. Yeah. Um, to that point, I don't know if I told you this yet, but we have a, a patient who's in her um, uh, mid sort of seventies, and her son comes in. I mean, the whole family sees us, right? But her son comes in. He just can't wait to tell me how good she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, and I haven't told you yet. Um, like she was on diabetes medication, she was on hypertensive medication. Um, she wasn't really taking control of her blood sugar or energy level. She was in chronic pain. I mean, she's rewriting her story in her 70s. She's getting off her, you know, metformin, her diabetes medication. She's come off her hypertensive medication. She's um, no longer in chronic pain. She's starting to do like the lymph work and moving her body. Mm. I mean, this is huge, right? Mm-hmm. And and the sun is beaming. He's like, this stuff works, right? Like, it's not too late. And if people just understood that, it, it, like, it's just so exciting to see a family member just exude joy for the fact that, you know, putting yourself first, taking care of these things that, you know, uh, that are so important uh, from, from a prevention point of view, but also reversal of an illness, I mean, this is, this is amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, it takes one decision. It really does, And yeah. just knowing or just being resourceful enough to know where you can get that support and then yeah. implementing one thing at a time and mm-hmm. anything can change. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, it's it's kind of like the, the individual had to go through, because it, it's baby steps, right? Yeah. Had to go through a bit of a learning experience. Had to, you know, trial and error. Do I trust what the doctor's saying? And then there's the little wins that show up. And I think sometimes when those little wins are there, we find other things that are not working and then we just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, right? and also I think if you're not getting the right support or guidance yeah. too, you know, I was having conversation with a patient this week and she said every time she went to her doctor to talk about the stuff that she was feeling, I mean, she's menopausal, her hair is falling out, there's all this stuff going on, and his only response was, it's because you're aging. Yeah. And you're getting old. Mm-hmm. So this is it. Like, there's nothing to do. Yeah. But she knows there's something going on. She knows there's more that she can do. And yet she's not feeling hurt. She's not feeling supported. And many people put doctors on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And that's just been, like, the conditioning of our culture that, okay, what they say is fact. Mm-hmm. When, you know, again, the world that we're living in today, we can go to Dr. Google and ask all these questions. And even there, sometimes we're getting we get scared of all the things, the symptoms that are showing up and what information we're receiving. But if we just pause and recognize that we do have control, that we do have mm-hmm. choices that we can make every day, there's so many changes that can happen. No, absolutely. And you know, and I think it takes an individual perspective to want to learn. Because mm-hmm. I think it's so easy in the culture that we're in, oh, there's a medication for that. Great, I don't have to do anything different I can live my life and feel you know, safe in my little box. My world doesn't have to change a whole lot and I can just put that symptom aside. And you know, I think more and more people are really getting this, that so we can't ignore those symptoms. 
you know, I, I mean, I didn't get a chance to really get into it with my, my friend to find out, you know, what were some of the predisposition or predisposing factors that led to this? Like, were, you know, were you getting blurry vision? Or like, what, what was the, the lead up? You know, eventually, obviously, he had to get surgery done. But, you know, there's signs, constantly there's signs for us. And often, or most often, we're just not listening or we don't know how to listen to them. We don't need to know how to read those signs. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, support and mentorship and guidance with an appropriate doctor um, that has that mindset of, you know, we can reverse something, we can turn things around, we can also, you know, make you feel a whole lot better than, than you are right now. Yeah, right? just as it's saying a little bit of hope. Right? That's all yeah. somebody needs is to like, oh, there's another way, there's another option. And then taking those baby steps to get to where it is that you need to go. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, one of the things that, that I've recognized in my own self is, is around movement. And I never thought I would be doing handstands and stuff like that in my 40s. You know, and I've always wanted to do more gymnastic type stuff. And I, I remember even like, you know, 10 years ago when the kids were, were you know, just growing up. Uh, I remember even thinking like, oh, I wish I could like move differently. I wish I could have more freedom in my body. Uh, I remember, and then we got more into yoga and we were doing a lot more, you know, flexibility training and things like that. But, you know, I could have just bought into that, that my body's going to be a certain way. You know, you and I had a discussion around like, you're not loving my muscles anymore and that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's funny how just, you know, little dialogues yeah, like, like that. that false belief that you exactly. have about a story that didn't even didn't happen. Didn't exist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that funny? Because yeah. we can we can define our entire future on a, a small conversation, a, a small idea about how we're supposed to, you know, live into our 80s, 90s, 100s and beyond. And it just takes that one little idea that becomes the driving force for our life. And we can also rewrite that story, mm -hmm. which I think is so important for people. And, and so Jordan Peterson talks about this. The purpose of life is not to find happiness, not even necessarily to find joy, but it's, it's in the, the, the aim and direction towards, uh, towards meaning in life. Like that stirring of like, oh, this is something I really want for myself. And then it gives you an aim and a direction. It, and the meaning is moving towards that aim. Mm -hmm. And he says like the most noble of aims is, is basically the, the, what constitutes the, the, the greatness of your life. And so if you can think big and if you can move towards some sort of really powerful direction and you've got aim and direction, the meaning is what what delivers, you know, that energy, the vitality, the, the purpose mm -hmm. and the joy in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a challenge that we face as we're aging. I think we get to this point of like, oh, my prime. Right. You know, behind me it, now. It's behind me now. Yeah. And that's actually the conversation my patient was telling me about that. Um, it was something to do with like her job and whatnot. And um, a gentleman saying, well, you know, she's not in her prime anymore, so she couldn't do that position or whatever it was. Oh, position. Are we talking about, like, intimacy here? No, oh. I said job okay. in her career. <laughs> job position. Job position, okay. Yes. The way, you're, the way you were describing it was like a, a, a relationship. No, I well, said You said job. this man said you couldn't do it anymore. So, anyways. Oh, okay, well, one of the partners or whatever... <laughs> Okay. No, I totally forgot what I was saying. The, the, she couldn't do the position anymore. <laughs> okay, but what was my point? 
that maybe like she bought into the idea that she could no, no she didn't buy into it. Oh okay. my gosh, you just totally threw me off. Go. No, no, this is this is a good pause. It just shows. Oh, the... just aging. Okay, yeah, no, I've lost it. Yeah, yeah, maybe this is part of aging. I don't know. I can't recall now what I was trying to say to you. Huh. Mm. How, how does that feel for you? Yeah, frustrating. Yeah. Because I was going down a really cool path. I I can imagine it was incredible. It's gone. Right. So I just I just took you out of your position. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get stuck here. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, let's go back because you said it was someone that you were working with, in in a visit, and she said that she yeah, was getting no, feedback. I know that was just an example. I was I was going somewhere else. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes, no, it's back. <laughs> Okay, so when we're aging, we, um, I think, again, it's the story of like what's supposed to happen in what decade. Yeah. Right? So okay. in our 20s, we're doing this, you know, we're building our career or we're finding that relationship. In our 30s, we're building up our family. And in our 40s, you know, kids are growing up. Like we have this like picture of what life is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And often what I, what I think happens is that we feel that we can only dream when we're young. And I know I'm right. speaking from myself, like I often have to have this conversation with myself of like, okay, what was exciting about being young? Like what was exciting about even when we were traveling and not knowing what was coming next? It was, there's part of like the uncertainty and the unknown. And when that's there, it's like the world's your oyster, that like you can mm. choose anything. Yeah. And as we age, it's like, we feel like we've already chosen. We've already chosen a path. Now it's, you know, it's a pattern, it's a regular routine, it's stable, it's all of this, it's giving me security so I can't dream again into something else because of the stage in life that I'm at. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is something I'm working on, I'm unraveling that. It's like, no, I still get to dream at this stage. I can still feel some uncertainty, but yet this other voice comes in and brings me back to, well, you have kids, you have a mortgage, you have a business, you have all these things that kind of... I'm going to use the frame, lock you in mm -hmm. a certain state. And so if you make that choice, what's going to happen to that stability? Mm -hmm. So I think at this stage, we make so many choices because of that security and stability that we need and forget, you know, that um, the younger version of self of ourself would have just taken that leap of faith and would have just done something different. Yeah. Well, there's so much less responsibility yeah. Right. When when we're younger. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a huge factor. But, and like, why does responsibility define our, our aim in life, our direction? Yeah, because right? if you're moving from your heart and if you're being pulled towards something, then mm -hmm. will the universe not just take care of all yeah. of it anyways? You'd probably get rewarded even more. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think these are conversations to have. Like, why do we make the choices that we do? Why do we stay comfortable in what we're doing? And what does, what would discomfort and a little bit of uncertainty in our 40s and 50s, like what could that create? Mm -hmm. Like what, like joy could that bring? Because like you were talking about, like what aims could we move towards then? Yeah, that's great. And then we can be more flexible in our positions. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But the, the many positions of life, right? That's right. right? Like yeah. position as, Positions, a, as a parent. Stages. Stages, yes. yes. Roles. Anyways, just had to bring a little flavor into uh -huh. that. Um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting because 
I think a lot of people are, you know, again, are stuck there. You know, even people when they come into the clinic for the first time, they don't really know everything that we do. And so they're only seeing one little sliver of reality when it comes to their health. Um, and so, you know, what's, what's open to them is so much more than that. And I think that, you know, this is one of the places we got stuck even with um, BHRT because we were biodidactical hormone replacement therapy because we were seeing things through the lens of everything being natural. And yet here's a, a tool that is, you know, technically natural that allows people to have more vitality and energy and drive and creativity in your brain and more focus into the, those, you know, second half of your life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And there's other tools like that that can also be implemented, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, how do, you, how do you define aging? Or how, how have you witnessed that in yourself and what are some feelings that have come up because of it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the big one is like soreness. Mm. Like, I don't remember waking up with low back pain before. And so, you know, part of it is like body positioning when I'm sleeping, because I recognize if I'm sleeping. go back to positions. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a, there's a theme here. Um, but it is, body positioning at nighttime really affects me. So if I'm not, if I'm not sleeping in a certain way, like I, on my back, I can definitely wake up with more pain. And... And, you know, part of it is, is also the movement that I'm doing because I'm doing a lot of different types of movement now, which, which is putting different loads and pressures in the different positions that I put my body into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's, there's some that. And there, there's, a, there's a little voice in the back of my head that, that literally says, like, I don't remember feeling this before. And so memory is so powerful because it can take us back to, like, the time before where you know the only pain that I felt was after really intense workouts or after basketball practice or whatnot but then when I think about it I'm way more flexible now and and can put my body into many different positions than I wasn't able to before um, flexibility wise like I said handstands things these kind of things like I wasn't able to really do that before but also didn't practice it so I am challenging my body differently uh, but that's the big one I think for me um, I mean, I haven't yet had that eyesight thing, you know, but I know that actually, well, I guess there is another one. So if I'm... It's because you cheated. You had laser eye surgery. That's true. Yeah. So I had astigmatism <laughs> when I was younger. Um, but since then, you know, that was my, I was, must have been like 22, 23 when I had that. Um, so I did wear glasses when I was younger. Um, but now, like when I'm looking at labels on the back of the bottle, I am noticing like it's better here than like here. Right. right? Yeah. And that is, again, something that's fairly new, you know, but, um, so, you know, what do we do about that kind of stuff? Yeah. I also think there's, um, a difference in women aging and men aging and the cultural stigma around it too. Um, because of just looking at it from like a hormonal perspective, mm -hmm. men can have children until the end of days. Yeah. We're, we're pretty amazing. Right. And for women, as we move into the stage of going beyond our reproductive years, mm -hmm. there's this like whole yeah. different relationship that we have to have with our bodies. And, you know, they label that stage as the crone years. And so when you're stepping into that stage, it's like society just kind of pushes us to the side mm -hmm. because the vitality is gone, because the, the youthfulness is gone. And again, we haven't created this culture around our elders and that respect that elders really should receive because of the wisdom that that woman would carry. But instead, it's, 
you know, she's out of the picture. Now we're looking at the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot, like for you, it seemed like there's like physical things like the, the low back and, yeah. and whatnot. But, but I think for women, there's such an emotional change mm-hmm. and there's so much that we, um, there's this level of perfection or um, this desire to still look the way we did when we were younger so that we feel significant in the world. Because without that, then nobody's going to look at us. Nobody's going to hear us. Nobody's going to see us. Um, cause it's almost like we're going to be forgotten. So I feel like for women, there's this real um, challenge as we're aging because of that. And I know even for myself, like my hair started going gray during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was because of stress. Um, and I made a decision a long time ago not to dye my hair. I mean, I haven't dyed my hair since 2006 or seven. And But I've had thoughts of like, am I actually not going to do anything about the grays that come in? Mm-hmm. I know I, I know somebody that uses indigo and henna so I could do it the real way, but okay, what would be my um, intention in mm-hmm. dyeing my hair? Is it because of that same thing? Like I'm not going to be seen the same way or not... Nobody's going to hear me anymore. Or do I honor that and like own it? And I probably will be heard even more because I'm going to own my, my wisdom in these years that are coming up. So I think there's just so many layers to the aging conversation because there's the cultural expectation. Mm-hmm. And then there's our own as well that we have to kind mm-hmm. of wrestle with. Well, it's interesting because you said like the things I brought up were more physical, but mm-hmm. you described everything pretty much physical as well. Right. I just mean like your relationship to it, to like, it's, there's physical pain. Like this is like internal pain. Right. Right. How you're seen, <laughs> yeah. which is interesting. Cause like, how do you relate to the word crone then? Like now, like maybe in the past. Like oh, really? Even now? Yeah, I've never liked that word. I, I change it to sage. Yeah. I like that. Cause that has wisdom behind it. Yeah. A crone. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember what book I read, but I think it was um, Shirley MacLaine's book where she was talking about the three different mm-hmm. stages of womanhood too. But Crone was like the the wise woman yeah. and like the the medicine keeper and like the storyteller and. Um, yeah. I guess I just like the word. The the word Crone. I mean, picture like the old granny in Snow White, like the yeah. old witch. That, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> just like hobbled over. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, so the sage, I don't know. The sage just it's makes just more sense. Yeah, yeah, it's more open versus visual. like yeah. contracted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is important because, you know, okay, so that's physical stuff. Mm. Emotionally, you know, there's this massive, obviously, transition hormones too. But how do you, how do you, how have you noticed just the emotional swings? Maybe in yourself and the people that you work with, mm-hmm. um, what's shifted there? Like you said, one of the things you said earlier was just, you care less about what people think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's like so much positive that shows up because I think you do start to know yourself more and what you really want. And Mm -hmm. so that can really help redefine who you are on your own terms. And then there's the other side of um, just the cultural and societal stuff that shows up emotionally too. And just seeing like your body changing, seeing that there's things that are not in your control anymore it's like okay i'm sneezing oh god i need to run to the bathroom because i don't know if i'm gonna leak if i sneeze or cough or you know laugh Mm -hmm. um so these things that feel like out of your control and yet there's this like new power that shows up at the same time so i think there's so many polarities at the same going on at the same time and there's so much volatility in the hormones in this phase of transition too that our emotions are kind of matching 
that volatility, like they're up, they're down, they're sideways. They're kind of all over the place because there's so much redefining that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's significant. And, and I remember something you said before when we were younger, um, before we had kids. Like you said, you couldn't wait to have kids so that you could feel uh, like you had more authority over what you're speaking to, you know, when it came to patients. Mm. I don't know, you didn't say exactly like that, but there was something about, you know, really you want to step into motherhood so that you could relay that message as someone who's coming from that space. Yeah. And so now you're in this perimenopausal stage where like now you can own that message more because you're experiencing it. Like how much, you know, I mean, I just, it just speaks volumes to how much wisdom comes through experience yes. instead of just sort of talking about ideas. Like yeah. it, it's, you know, so important to be able to have that and, and own it. Yeah, because you have hindsight, you have reflection, and you can reflect on what worked for you, what didn't work for you, and share that experience with with others, whether that seeds something for them or not. But I think it just opens up conversation when you're speaking from experience, which I think is such a gift, like it's such a gift to grow old, because mm-hmm. um, many people don't. And so I think when we're so afraid of growing old, we have to like pause and reflect on like, what does that actually mean for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fear usually is around the body um, changing, changing yeah. the, the brain changing, like not remembering things. Like I just had that moment here. Well, I also like really threw <laughs> totally you off. Totally threw me off. Um, so I think there's so much fear around that because we want to live these moments with our kids or our grandkids or friends and families like we want to enjoy and like have experiences and like the thought of not being able to do that creates fear but I think what that can also do is pull us in a different direction of like okay what action steps do I need to take in order for me to feel steady in my body and mind so that I can have these experiences yeah yeah and I, I mean I think of that too just even for my, my own self like I, I definitely care less um, what the world thinks of me and I'm more interested in following that that intrinsic guidance whatever that is right like that intuition or that instinct of like really following what you're passionate about and you know I think I mean men so many men are stuck in this reality we were just having a conversation with this uh, like this yesterday with uh, your cousin just unfortunately men get stuck into a role women do too of like social acceptance of alcohol as an example and like never really growing out of a stage right that that maybe you found yourself in your in your years when you're in your 20s or something and the biggest fear of of coming out of that reality is like who am i Mm -hmm. and how can i be so different than what i know and all my core friend group is there with me and it's scary as hell i remember having a conversation and and kind of saying like hey it's okay like you know change is scary you know it's always going to be scary but coming out the other side of this really you get to step into what you'd really choose for yourself because how many of how much of our choice is really just a reflection of who we're spending time with Mm -hmm. and that's crazy to think that like we give so much attention to who we used to be and how we're supposed to be and how that's reflected to us because the people we're spending time with, the things that we're listening to, the, the, the safety, like you said, the, the knowing of like um, certainty. Yeah, and what to expect. Yeah, it defines us so deeply to, to be anything other than that. And, and then we were kind of saying like sometimes the, the opposite to where we are is the saintly 
figure that it's like we're never like we'll probably never get there but right. there's no even desire to move towards that because that just seems so far out of our reach yeah right um i saw a tiktok the other day that came up on my feed um uh, matthew McConaughey. McConaughey? Yeah, yeah it was one of his oscar speeches and oh, yeah. um i can't remember exactly what the three things i think it was what you um the person you look up to the per what you look forward to and then the last one was um who you're chasing right and the yeah. person that he always says he's chasing is his 10-year version like his yeah. older version of himself yeah and so i think that's such a great like way to move through life to like know that there's gonna be, there, there's so much opportunity for transformation and shift and growth and change mm -hmm. and like how cool is it is it to look back in your 10 years of what you accomplished for yourself and how you can set yourself up for the next 10 years to do to do the same and actually look forward to that rather than um, being fearful of yeah. those 10 years of that change happening because as soon as we decide to shift something we open so many more doors and so yeah. many different paths it's just that one decision again yeah. to do that for yourself yeah and it's crazy how tightly we hang on to that yeah you know i mean tony robbins talks about the you know the six uh six human needs right and uncertainty is just as important yeah. as certainty mm -hmm. and and it's scary as hell like the, i mean we open this conversation just around mortality there's a lot of uncertainty around mortality but if we've lived our life and we've built our character and, and you know tried to become and strive for that biggest aim that best version of who we are you know we're going to feel a whole lot better when our time does come because mm -hmm. we're going to realize that and recognize that wow i i can look back and realize that i did my best yeah. or at least i tried to get close to my best as possible yeah right yeah soren's working on his our youngest son is working hmm. on his passion project and it's all around messy yeah. and um so this his last slide was around Messi's store and I wanted to kind of look through, like, what's his, like, message? Does he donate money or whatever it was so he can share that with his class? And his biggest thing is when you wear my clothing, it's a reminder of, like, being on your A-game mm. and, like, striving for excellence always. And I think that's such a great message to seed in yeah. like, young kids of, like, yeah, always trying your best. And it doesn't always turn out how we expect it to, but just having that self-respect for yourself that I've given it my all in that moment of how I could mm -hmm. is such a great way of stepping into this aging process too. Because like you said, if we're, if tomorrow, like we're not guaranteed the next five minutes or tomorrow, but if we can like transition to that state, knowing that I've done all, oh, I don't know why it makes me teary, mm. <laughs> that we've done it all, mm -hmm. then that transition can be, I don't know, so much more peaceful. Of course. Yeah. Should probably end. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly, there's some emotion coming. Gotta stop this. Well, yeah. I'm curious. Like, what what were you thinking about? Did you think about your nanny or like what was going on? I don't know. <laughs> mm. Like, I'm not fearful of death, but I, you know, having kids though, that definitely changed my relationship to it. For sure. Um. So trying my best to be here for as long as possible for them. Yeah. So like for you, you just really, you're, you really deeply reflect on our boys. Yeah. Yeah. And just like how quickly time goes by and how beautiful they are and how much change happens on a weekly basis. It's like... On a daily basis. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you just want to hang on to them uh -huh. and freeze them in time. Yeah. 
And then there's this other part of us that goes like, I just want them to like grow. It's like, I'm so excited to see the kind of person they're, they're going to grow into, who they're going to become. It's like, and this is a constant grieving process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's because I'm ovulating now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other teaching right here, but yeah. It's, so yeah, I mean, different yeah. hormonal connection. I mean, how beautiful is that though? Mm -hmm. The, you know, the hormones give you a window into your soul. Yeah. And allow you to really speak to what's going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think like you bringing up, you know, parents aging. So there's all this stuff that we deal with throughout our lives. And as we're aging, so is everybody else. And yeah. so that awareness of like everything is so temporary. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, if we were to really sit with this on a regular enough basis, um, you know, would we would our relationships change mm -hmm. you know would yeah. our priorities change yeah would we think about our our health and our future more deeply because yeah. we want to maximize the amount of time we have here and would we like step into hope and curiosity and look for other solutions instead of just go like here's another emotional thing i'm just gonna pack on to my emotional baggage or here's another physical thing that i'm just gonna pack on and just ride it out mm -hmm. like wouldn't we you would think that if we reflect on this more often and we really truly thought about who we wanted to spend more time with, how we wanted to live, you know, our second half of our lives, or even just in the, for this next day, we would probably start really prioritizing ourselves mm -hmm. and our families and our connections and our hormones and our food and our, you know, where we're living and how we're living. All of yeah. that would make so much more of a, you know, impact on, on our ability to, to show up more regularly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the homework for everyone, is to mm -hmm. just sit with yourself for some moments to, one, redefine aging and asking yourself that question, like, what is my relationship with my mortality and what's important to me and what am I willing to let go of and what am I willing to invite into my life so that I can step into that version of myself. Yeah. And I think like just getting super specific, it could be little things. Like th this is something I've been consciously doing, even like... Um, making the bed in the morning. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I don't have time, but I just want you to feel like, oh, like he's kind of taking care of something before he left for work. You know, little things like that. I think, you know, even just creating a little bit more serenity in the space. Like there's still a lot of clutter in our home, but sometimes we can clean up little pockets of our, our place. Like I think even asking a question of, you know, people to reflect on their mortality, sometimes you're like, there's so much crap in my world that I just haven't cleaned up and it feels so big yeah but yet we could literally just take one little corner of our room or one little corner of our emotional room and really just sit with that and, and I, I love that question because if we can start to get clarity around that we can start to clean up other things in our life yeah and it can make life way more meaningful right mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right okay I feel like I want to give you a kiss yeah, okay. <laughs> Love you. So you may have been following us for a little while or maybe you're brand new to our channel. Either way, we want you to have the opportunity to really deepen your experience of what you're learning. Either, you know, and again, maybe you've been a patient in our practice, maybe you worked with us virtually, you've done some of our courses, um, but we want to give you the opportunity to be in the fold of our community, to be with us more regularly, and that's the Health Ignited Club. 
Yeah, community is so important to us and we learn so much from each other and I think getting together when we do once a month, it just um, invites us to ask more questions about ourselves, about our journey, about our health. So we would love for all of you to join us there. Yeah, and you know, so much of our health plans are really dictated around life. Life is crazy, life is challenging. It's easy to fall off the wagon, so to speak. We've got a touch point each month and we've got resources for you in the membership portal. There's so much to keep you in, in the mo momentum and the motivation of, of really making everything that you're learning into a lifestyle practice. Mm -hmm. It's all about accountability and support. Yeah, so join us there in the Health Ignited Club. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.